Across the Margin Podcast. Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes of the online magazine, and deeper into the stories. I'm your host, Michael Shields, and today I have for you um, a fascinating podcast where, uh, where I have the extreme pleasure of introducing you to the exciting and eclectic world of Gamba. Um, I wasn't aware of the Brooklyn-based Gamba magazine until, I'd say, a little over a year ago, uh, when one of their co-founders, Melissa Hunter Gurney, reached out to us with um, an absolutely beautiful piece of writing. Um, It's entitled Whiskers Beyond the Pot. Uh, You can find that on Across the Margin now. And, um, And it was then where I was open, you know, my eyes were open to what she and the other founder of Gamba Magazine, Chris Carr, were up to. Gamba stands for Generating Authentic Momentary Boundless Art. And what Melissa and Chris have set out to do with their magazine and with their recently erected arts and event space in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, which is lovingly coined Gamba Forest, is to challenge set truths and norms. Gamba is a place where people can find literary and visual art rooted in passion and thoughtfulness without the politics of publication. I had the opportunity to sit down with Melissa, an impassioned and talented writer, and Chris, an MC, a a photographer, um, amongst many, many other things, in the Gamba forest. And I learned not only about their personal art and inspiration, um, but you know more about this remarkable project that is uh, that is bringing together artists of all kinds and, and, and birthing into the world so much creativity and art. Um, it's it's a really remarkable thing they're doing. If you are in the um, New York area, the tri-state area, you're definitely going to want to find out more about what's going going down. Um, you know, at the Gamba Forest, and 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 regardless, no matter where you are. Uh, in this conversation with Melissa and Chris, we, we dive into art, uh, process, um, just combating a lot of the norms and, and structure that, that holds artists back a whole lot. So uh, I think you will uh, enjoy, enjoy this journey to Gamba. So to start, I just want to thank you, uh, not only for taking the time to talk to me, but also... Uh, you have both uh, contributed in different ways to across the margin. I, I got a chance to publish you both, just the uh, whiskers beyond beyond the beyond the pot right. and uh, the par and hash. Am I saying that right? Yep. Manifesto. Uh, both are brilliant. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And today I was uh, usually, you know, when I have podcasts, the, the guests usually come my way. All right. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, you get a little more control, more comfortable in my own zone. But uh, with what you guys have going on, I, 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 as you saw when I reached out, I just I wanted to come down here and see what was happening in uh, the Gamba Forest here. Because, um, you know, what I've seen on social media and what I've learned from you, it just it looks absolutely fascinating. Um, what you're up to and not to drop like a vague question on either one of you guys. I'm sorry. I just, I have Melissa Hunter Gurney and Christopher Carr with me. So thank you guys for being here. First yeah. off. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what is Gamba? What is, uh, what is, what is this project here? Chris is taking a sip. Is that an avoidance? Okay. So Gamba, um, it stands for generating authentic momentary boundless art. Um, and it's basically started as a magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris is a visual artist. I'm a writer. Yep. When we came together, we started talking about, I think he was about to start a literary magazine or do a zine of some sort. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think it was going to be a one-off. Um, and I was submitting to it and, um, we got talking and I said, Oh, if you need any help with, you know, the zine, I'd love to get into it or whatever. And Chris was like, well... Uh, actually, why don't we make a like like a real literary magazine? Like, why don't we do that? And I was like, do that? I don't think we can do that. Yeah, you're like, can, can you just do that? Is <laughs> that that's what I said. Yeah. And he said, of course you can. That's yeah. how art works. You yeah. just do it. You just do it. Absolutely. And so Gamba is sort of about like just doing it and yep. with everything creative. Yeah. And that's kind of how everything has started. So the magazine became, uh, you know, a conglomeration of a collaboration of visual and literary art. And then as we started doing that, we were doing events. We're like, let's give the people a place to share their work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of take it off the magazine and, and, and bring it into the world a little yep. bit more. And yeah. we wanted to like involve musicians and uh, any kind of other art, performance art, video stuff, mm-hmm. um, which the events allowed for. Yeah. And then with the events, we kind of rolled into, well, let's try an artist residency and see yeah. what happens there. And that's what brought the space, and so yeah, that's kind of where we are. Absolutely, uh, it's. I was. When did it start? Wait, how long has the magazine been around? I think it's about four years now. Great, great. I'm horrible with exact cool. time. That's about the same like that. with us across the market. About four years. Um, it is. It's wild and inspiring to see all that happens here. Um, I looked at the list of uh, just the April shows, and there was comedy shows, clothing swaps, music video showcases. Acoustic and hip hop nights, a uh, variety of fundraisers, um, smoke and paint nights, and just in um, there's an independent press showcase which I want to talk about a little bit that's coming up, uh, and just a whole lot of that. Uh, who who do you guys do the booking collectively? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with running this space, it's something that has developed out of really just being an organic entity. And yeah. Out of out of pragmatism so like when we were putting out the magazine it was like well where are we going to sell the magazine mm-hmm. well if we throw events then we have a forum where there are a bunch of people who might sure. be interested in the magazine some of the people who contributed will read so that maybe their friends or family want to purchase the magazine where they're featured in Yeah. and after a certain point it was like well it's difficult because some of these venues don't have the right setup what should we do so we end up getting a space and it's like well how do we pay for a space yeah. this isn't a Vanity project is not yep. something yep. where we can both afford to lose money every yeah. month on something to just because it's fun. Yep. And I think in long term, I would like to develop a model where artists 
can generate money. Artists can have a platform for exchanging their art and sharing their information. And you can build around a community as opposed to just building around selling drinks or yep. just building around like we need to sell tickets. Yeah. So that yeah, the you, art can be enough in a certain ways. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you have to do a lot of it. it yeah. Means then you have to work with a lot of other people. And in order to spread the, the web of the interconnectivity, we have to book 15, 20 shows a month sure. or 10, 15 shows a month and make sure that five or 10 of them are with people that we don't even really know. Sure. And I like reach out to those new communities and get involved in areas we may not have been. Like yeah. when we first started, the literary magazine. Yeah. People were like, well, why would we come play music? Absolutely. And now we get stuff from performance artists yeah. to dancers and we don't feature dance in mm-hmm. our literary yeah. magazine. But some of the writers work with dancers yeah. and they do performative art. Yeah. And so it all still functions as like a, a unified piece, but it's not like we have partitioned roles. It's not like I book these type of events and Melissa books these type of yeah. events. It's people like, send her emails, people send me emails, I reach out to people, she reaches out. And whatever you find inspiring and whatever you, you know, just kind of want to feature. Just And then I guess, you know, and also like the, as artists, the, the more, you know, bringing us together, the stronger we can be. Type yeah, of thing. and we have different interests. Okay. So that... I, I like certain types of art yep. that Melissa may not like, or Melissa may like certain type of music I don't like. Yep. But we still allow room for both so that I then get put on to new music that I would yep. have never heard. And I meet groups of people that do things that I, I never would have met if sure. it was under my own accord. Opens um, your mind up a whole bunch, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, um, let's step a little bit back, because I would like to, you know, now that we're, talk, we're talking about the Gamba thing, but if... Uh, I'd like to get to know uh, you both a little bit individually. Um, and uh, Melissa, I know, um, you know, I've seen some of your writing and I, I, I love it. And uh, just just kind of to start from the bottom, where are you from originally? I'm from New York, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, outside the city in Westchester. Okay. Yeah. Um, and have you always been into the arts? Have you always, when did, what? Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been creative. Yep. But I think around uh, I mean I went to get my MFA in creative writing ended up just staying for half of it and doing my MA but um, when I was like 2003 or something Mm -hmm. I've always been writing um, but I don't think I really started to consider myself an artist or look at all the different things I was doing and put them together yeah um, and like become as routine about it until about 2010 Okay. Um, I moved back from Venezuela and I got a lot of inspiration while I was there started writing a book while I was there did you complete uh, that book? I did. It yeah. took like uh, six years. What is it? Uh, it's called La Gente Descalza. Uh-huh. Um, the Barefoot People. Okay. That was and, uh, yep. Yeah. So it's all about the uh, artists that I kind of observed and ran into in South America and the different ways in which they lived and traveled and created. Oh, cool. Um, Where can we find that? I have not done anything like okay. that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm waiting. Um, I'm kind of in the editing process sure. now. Um, so... We were just talking about this last night, actually, how what the process looks like and which way I want to go. You know, there's yeah. so many different options. Um, speaking, you just kind of led me perfectly of the word process. I noticed uh, in your, I think it was your bio, where you did talk about process and how art is an everyday thing. Um, and I think you write multiple pages uh, each day. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you mind talking on that? A yeah, that's, that's kind of what's been going. I think that's, that's uh, I write I push on people three too. pages a morning. I've kind of switched up the routine recently, but usually right when I wake up, 
um, three pages by hand. Yeah. And the, the part of, like, when I started considering myself, like, truly, like, an artist yeah. or a writer was when I started doing that for a long extended period of time. Like, I think I've been doing that since about 2009 or 2010. Did you find it challenging at first? Actually, no. It was much easier at first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so <laughs> excited about yeah. it um, that I would literally wake up more excited than... I'd ever been and so it was that's kind of what kept me going with it I think at the time I had gone through some really rough stuff and so it was like the one thing I got to look forward to yeah um and so yeah it was like a cathartic moment oh my god in the day yeah so for the first year it was just like love every day just like literally there was never pain from it I just couldn't wait to get to my pages Mm -hmm. in the morning and sometimes it would even be hard to sleep like I'd wake up at four and I would be like I kind of want to get up now start doing the writing and three pages would turn into ten pages sometimes and it just like happened that way after like five years um, I think I started being like God do I really have to wake up and do this but I still force myself to to do it even when it feels like a chore just because so many great things have come out of it that's where the book came out of in in a way um, or finished itself Um, you know random thoughts turned into stories and essays Whiskers Beyond the Pot is actually straight from the morning pages. That was just like... Oh, is it, is it one of them? Literally just, yeah. bam, first try. That's what happened. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah as I told you, I, I really I love it. Um, where else can we find some of your writing? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, well, with you guys across yeah, the margin, we've got... Uh, I'm in Pank Magazine oh, good. Yeah, at with, large. With Chris, right? Yeah. 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 Um, also, uh, I always blank out on all the books. Magdalene Press, Those That This... Yeah. Um, uh, oh, brilliant short fiction. There's a bunch of awesome. bunch of different. Whatever, ones. I blink on you, all the uh, things, yeah. Maybe provide a list. I'd love I to share, share when when we share this podcast. I'd love to share yeah. you know, some some other spots. Um, Chris, where are you from? Washington D.C. Are you from D.C.? Yep. Uh, I spent uh, my high school years in Fairfax. So really? Where did you go to high school? Uh, Paula Six High School. No. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 38. Did you play sports? Uh, not, not when I got there. I, I came like midway through. Like I was from like New England area, and then I came. Oh man! The time I got yeah. I went to St. John's. So oh, you did? Oh my god! And uh, and I went to St. Albans before that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, That'd have been hilarious if we played. Right. I wish, I, I wish I wish we'd be able to pull that connection together oh, a little man. bit stronger. It's close though. Yeah. Um, same type of thing. You're always into the arts. What is your background with the? Uh, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. And I always liked a lot of different things. Sure. But I wouldn't say I was into the arts. Like, my family's a bit more conservative than that. And they're like, yeah, we'll put you in violin lessons when you're five. But you're supposed to, like, be a student. Yeah. And you do violin as, like, part of your educational thing. You take an art class as part of your educational thing. It's not like you focus on art as a thing you'll do when you grow up. Yeah. And um, I don't come from, like, a family of artists or singers or musicians. So it was more a, in order to be a well-rounded person, you should be aware of the arts. Mm. But I played sports through high school, and that occupied most of my time. What sports? I played football and lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't really towards the end of high school when I started rapping that I I felt, like, a real connection to, to art. Yeah. Like before it was like rehearsals and lessons or 
I liked drums and it was cool to make noise and bang, but I wasn't really like, oh shit, like really uh, getting into the craft of it or just not really. Yeah, no, yeah. and and with hip hop, that's where I started finding that alignment. Yeah, and I liked what I was making, even though it was bad. When I first yeah. tried to paint, I hated what I did. I had these images in my mind and I couldn't make it happen in reality. Yeah, and I just hit a wall. I'm like, this looks horribly bad, and I'm not having fun with rap. For some reason, even when it was bad, I still had fun trying yeah. to learn. And, and who were who were you listening to? What was what type of uh, what other MCs were, were inspiring you at the time? Oh, uh, I mean, I was listening to everything. Yeah, I was out. You know, the the first show that I went to was at the nine thirty club when it was still on E Street. Yeah, and it was Lords of the Underground, nice. Common Sense, yeah. Artifacts, uh, Beat Nuts, The Roots. And Look at that bill. One other, <laughs> one or two other groups that were yeah. dope. Yeah. And um, at the same time, I was listening to Warren G and sure. and Chicago rappers and whatever else. Yeah. And when I got to college and, and met so many other people interested in hip hop and yeah. and then the DJing and the drawing and all the other parts, it just opened me up to this it being a creative outlet that yeah. I that I could actually engage in yeah. um, because the other ones just didn't seem to work for me yeah. and once I got in hip hop that opened me up to how images are used and wanting to do photography and yeah, film the austerity towards photography of that yeah yeah because every time you know we try to put on an album you need photos taken cool yeah. there's someone trying to rip me off and tell me I need to wear some stupid outfit and so I started thinking well how do you control your own image mm-hmm. and then past that well then what controls the image oh networks and we need to own our own stuff and that yeah. opened up the idea of just the indie push yeah. and and that probably happened by t- t- 2003 or 4 okay um, and so just since then it's like if I can learn how to do stuff with websites I try if I can learn how to screen print I try if I can learn how to build things with my hands I'll try yeah you know? Yeah, if you got the confidence to that. What um, how would you describe your uh, the hip hop you make? The because I, I I admittedly I haven't heard it. I haven't heard you. Agro rap. Agro rap. Yeah. Agro rap. Politically it's, co- politically. It's in. It's in charge. It's it's challenging. Like I, I'm not gonna say I'm a conscious rapper because, um, I say things that, are are for me real and yeah. are emotionally true but they're not quote unquote like positive you know yeah. they're they're from my life reality like I have friends who are addicted to drugs and I'm not giving them like you should go to rehab and fix yeah. your life yeah I'm giving you're them not reality. preaching yeah I'm, I'm not preaching coming. I'm giving the reality of what happens when your friends are up till 8 in the morning sniffing coke and then y'all have to do work the next day at 2 in the afternoon yeah these are the realities around but on the same hand I work with young people sometimes I do nude art shows I am politically, like, uh, progressive mm-hmm. in that I want to be apolitical. So, like, my music isn't politically charged. I'm not yeah. pro a certain politician. I'm anti all these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I burn the whole system. And and that's how I approach rap. Burn the whole fucking system. I don't yeah. care about the record industry. I don't care about a label. I don't care about a sponsor. I don't care about any motherfucker yeah. in the office who never rap trying to tell young black people what it is to be young and black. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And that influences my music. But sonically, I have a group with a synthesizer player and I okay. play synth and we both do What's that rap. called? Low Wave. Okay. And I just want to get this out. I want people to know about this. Oh, yeah? yeah? It's poetry it's and rap Lower. and improv. It's all improv, so like uh-huh. we recorded an improv oh, oh, damn. Yeah. And um, we include like vocal samples. Then I play with an acoustic guitarist, mm-hmm. and he's more from like a, 
uh, he's from the Midwest, so he has that folk. Yeah, element, yeah. I saw. You know, what, I saw one thing. I, I watched one video. I think it was with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah Alex yeah. Coe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he he has a lot of soul to it. So it's it does. He yeah. keeps his energy up. So when we rap, it is not like ooh doo doo like um rapping with the guitarist. It's yeah. like no we. Oh yeah, no you you were attacking the beat, right? Yeah. Whatever. It's, yeah. Call it the beat, but. Uh, and so I would I would say it also stems out of like and and what we do it's all it's. Push boundaries. Like, That's what I was going to say. That, to bring it back to like the Gamba thing, the same thing in here. Just push boundaries, you know, the burn it all down mm-hmm. mentality. Fuck it. Let's just let's just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Is that kind of... With purpose. With purpose, yes. I, I feel like things may look haywire okay. that have taken decades to develop. Yeah. And I know some of the ideas that Melissa has and that we... Or I'm speaking of her, but that we've talked about... In implementation, it's been years of us discussing it. Yeah. And some of the conversations we've had, she'd been thinking about four or five years before she even met me. Yeah. And to now have this space, it's, it is a let's do what hasn't been done mentality and let's not take into consideration people saying you can or can't yeah. or the status quo, like let's make our own path. But it's not quite throw anything at the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's not it, quite it, it, a... It, it, yeah. No, no, no. It's... Yeah. it's it, because that earlier in my life, I was like that. I was like yep. samurai, like just that's whatever happens. See what works. See what works. Yeah. But now it's more a thing of like in this parameter of things we've decided. Yeah. We've we done might. a lot of trial and error through the through the years. You're starting to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, photography. Can we speak on that for a second? Because I kind of glanced over it. What um what what's your inspiration? What do, what do you shoot a lot of? People. People. Yeah, the, the human stuff. body was something I came across. Yeah. Yep, the human form. I yep. I feel like media misrepresents humans and commodifies them, packages them, sells them. And so then you get certain tropes and images and themes and body types and aesthetics yeah. that are all similar and a lot of times fake. And I'm around people that I would like to showcase as like here is an example of a community of people where we're not all the same ethnicity we're not all the same nationality we are not all the same in terms of how we present and hair color and gender fluidity but we all live amongst each other we all share something Mm -hmm. and this is the reality of what humanity looks like not when you watch TV and there's a a show of New York and like you watch Sex and the City you're like wow there are no black people in New York then you watch some other movie and you're like damn everywhere in New York people are selling crack (laughs) yeah and it's like, it's all fake. Totally. And so I want to do a documentary style of portraiture involving nude form and the human body and make people discuss why are they uncomfortable with our most natural way of being? Yeah. Oh, well, because there's a history of like men and sexual violence and objectification of women. And, yep. and so it opens up uh, a lot of conversations. Just realness um, and just, I guess, uh, challenging a lot of, um, you know, cultural norms. Uh, I I think I, I don't want to I don't want to you Chris know. Likes to bite. I know I saw that. Just Chris, yeah. Chris just took a good bite of Liz's leg. Um, wait, wait, what we haven't even said. When did you guys meet? How did you meet? How did this come together? Yeah. We met online. You met yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, like in what way? Okay, just like two okay. artists. I mean, I meet a lot of artists. Oh, okay, yeah. Cupid. We, okay, we, we, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say you swipe. First yeah. online date I ever went on in my life. 
For real. For real. <laughs> this is for real. That was it. I, and fuck with me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> I don't know. She might be fucking with me, but she said uh-huh. this from the this beginning. Is, yeah. yeah. She has said this from the beginning. Yeah. No, and I met Chris, and I remember thinking it would be interesting because his OK Cupid profile was crazy town. Yeah. Naked people. Yeah, you're it. like, this is, this, I, I can see like, what oh, some well, this is. I this is a good first one to go on because this is going to be interesting and, like, yeah. you know, that'll be cool. Yeah. And so. It's going to be a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. But the best part was, I get there. And it's actually funny because I was thinking this a few minutes ago. We were sitting just like this. Like, he, well, we, he, we were both on equal stools, but he immediately went down like this, and I was sitting like this, so he was below me. Uh-huh. And he wasn't a big talker. I was doing all the talking. He was just listening. <laughs> he asked me like 70,000 questions. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this, this is the most amazing man ever. Yeah. He listens. He's not like rising above me trying to overpower the totally. conversation. He asked questions. He remembers things. He's like, ask him about anything like this. That was it. I was like, yes, exactly what I said. Yeah. (laughs) This is is unbelievable. And then we sat on the stoop for hours. He was like, I don't really like being in bars at all. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. So, what do you want to do? And so we went and got a bottle of whiskey. And so, I think he had a bottle of whiskey, and we sat on a stoop till like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was it. I respect that. Whiskey ever since. It's, yeah. it's not out right now. I was just saying, where's the brown that. liquor? That's my joint. Uh, that's awesome. And just ever since, you guys just have blossomed in, in your working relationship and the whole thing. I think, and again, I think it just developed. When we were first hanging out, I don't think there was much of an overlap creatively yeah. at first I think we were both interested in each other's art or like mm-hmm. when she told me she's a writer I was immediately just yeah. like well tell me more about yeah, it yeah. but it wasn't like I was immediately like oh we should do something together or she wasn't like oh let me help you throw a show then, then what was the spark that just like over time you're just like wow this is I, I think yeah it just it happened totally. it, it, it makes sense like yep. we were working on that zine or I was trying to put together a zine and doing a horrible job of it <laughs> Melissa was submitting a lot of work into it <laughs> And I finally finished it, and I was going to do a handmade one. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I can help if you want to get them published. Yeah. And I was like, I, I realized I'm never going to make another one of these. Mm-hmm. And also, in all honesty, at the time, I was nervous about having someone fund my product. Yep. Like, yep. I'm a self-owned Cause, cause, Yeah, because you feel like you, there's an obligation. Yeah, and, and just in principle. Like, how do I run around shouting, like, be indie, be yeah, indie. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, and then totally. the person I'm dating pays for my book to get made. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that, that falls into a thing if I don't like, historically. Yeah, totally. Um, and so instead, it was like, why don't we do something together? Where, like, we can make a better product. Your involvement won't just be, I put up some money. Mm-hmm. And... I'll be able to actually contribute in a way consistently. Yeah. And I think once that happened and we started doing the, the literary magazine, the events came into being and we have to work together on those. And then we perform in the same lineups, you know? So I yeah. think after a while it just makes sense. Like, totally. Or as, as cliche it is, organically. Yeah, it just, and it came just kept like going. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Um, to give the listeners a kind of an example of, um, you know, kind of what goes down here, uh, do you want to speak on that on your own before I ask you specifically, like, what would you say? I was going to say, do, do you want to talk about the publisher's showcase on April 22nd? Is like, oh. like, cause I know you're putting that together. Mm-hmm. I want to ask about the producers. I just saw you were having a producer mm-hmm. showcase too with Beats, but what's going on the 22nd here? I just want to give an example of really like, yeah, yeah. what um, anyone can come to these, right? Is that the Oh deal? yeah. It's open it's to totally everybody. Open. Right. Um, I just like to make sure that we always have like the literary community heavily involved sure. and we've been like it's been interesting since we started uh, working make, making the magazine we've met a few different presses that are doing a lot of independent work yeah. and, and who kind of were like starting things at the same time we were 
And so, and then slowly, the community of different presses is just built. Like, we have good friends um, who were performing at a bunch of our stuff. Uh, uh, Craig Kite and Brian Sheffield, um, they were they were coming out and doing poetry. I think I met them through Nomadic Press. Uh-huh. And we all kind of became friends. And they just started a press. And just, there's been a lot of that happening, where presses have just, like, popped up out of people that we've been working with. And it's been really cool to watch... Everybody's style and how it, how everybody builds and yeah, different watch ways. Watch people grow. Goes. Watch the yeah. Thing, so yeah. the showcase is basically about bringing together those um, presses that we've been working with for mm-hmm. so long, highlighting them, but also bringing in some outside presses um, that we haven't worked with and just yeah. getting to know more independent presses in the awesome. area. Yeah. Presses is a funny word when you say it. Over Isn't there. it right? Um, it sounds <laughs> it was weird. Sort of sound yes. Funny to me, yes. Yeah. Um, but the so we were bringing in like a feminist press and um, a few different presses that were run by you know people of color specifically for writers of color uh-huh. um, and I kind of I'm excited to get the panel to we're going to have a discussion um, so there's going to be a lot I kind of want to moder- moderate it in a way that brings up some difficult questions also mm-hmm. to the presses about mm-hmm. you know how do you find your writers what happens if you have an issue and all the people in it are white men? Do you yeah. do you publish that or do you work hard to you know? Verse five. It's just yeah. interesting, interesting things like that. So I'm excited to see what people have to say awesome. to look at um, the products that people bring and just showcase the artists that That's everyone's fantastic. working with. Yeah. So cool. And the producers uh, showcase that's the end of the month, thirtieth, right? I believe the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've done probably three in the past, and it's just a chance for people to showcase their instrumentals or their live production and when I was growing up if you said a music producer if you talk to a certain age group they think Quincy Jones yeah you talk to someone else they think Dr. Dre yeah and in hip-hop the producer may book studio time arrange everything organize everything but often when we're growing up they also physically were creating the music yeah whereas uh Quincy Jones sometimes would get other musicians and he's the composer he knows in his brain and he gets people to physically people do it people to do it yeah and I want to include both now I want okay. to do a showcase so where you'll have a person who will do live beats on an MPC you might have a person play stuff out of the computer you might have someone who does modular synthesizers and does all analog gear and just makes noise and isn't in 4-4 time or doesn't fit a certain genre you might have people that are doing more experimental stuff with like Ableton and get them all in the same room and to be able to exchange information, be able to explain their process. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did it the first time, it was really, really good because some people were using pedals and gear and downloadable programs and they sat there. We had enough time to where they were going through and almost giving tutorials. Of oh, showing how they're actually, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well as in, if you're a rapper, it's awesome because in between every set, you get to rap to people's to different, to different. totally new instrumentals. That's amazing, yeah. And... Trying to encourage more of the community of people to, to meet each other. In the digital age of making music, yeah. it's very easy to sit in your house by yourself totally. and still make a whole album. Yeah. When I was growing up, no. You needed to go to someone's house to do the recording. Yeah. There had to be someone who could help you with the mixing. There had to be someone who actually could make the beat. It yeah. took like four or five people to do something and then get it out to the world. Like, who knows? Yeah. Um, and so we want to encourage yeah, you using the internet. Action. Yeah, and, and using technology to get people in a real space yeah. and then in real life come hang out meet each other see the process and push that's all I, need to, I, mean, I want to see this I want to come by um, Chris what happened to your accident what was you just had a major back bike accident right I, I had a bike crash yes. yeah uh, 
Well, I was leaving a venue, and we had a great show. I'm sorry to switch gears like that. I was just yeah. curious. I know it's something that affected your life. Like, yes, it has. Seriously, yeah. It has. Um, I was leaving a show and riding my bike, and the car came around the corner. I tried to avoid the car, yeah. and I was riding a bike with really crappy brakes yeah. and kind of lost balance and hit a pole. And uh, Just like straight on? like just Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. It happened so fast, I couldn't tell you what really happened. Yeah. Like, it was like, dodge a car. Oh, shit, I'm off balance. <laughs> and then should just bad. Yeah. Um, and so I should have gone to the hospital, didn't. Got to Melissa's house, went to sleep, shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. But when I woke up. Don't uh, worry, I was awake the whole time. Yeah, you were too not, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listening to him breathe. Was it just, was he, he was beat up, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. was really scary. And yeah. he wouldn't go to the hospital, which is good in some ways, but also petrifying yeah. for Melissa over here. Sure. <laughs> And, and so when I got up the next day, it was like, I have to go do something. Uh, so I had to go get two of my teeth extracted because they both were broken pretty badly sure. in an accident. Yeah. I had like a huge like I saw some of the first pictures. They were disgusting. And bruise. Yeah, because it was like I hit the pole and scraped it. So it was like getting hit. So I had a black eye and all the swelling of like you hitting a metal pole in your face. But then since it, the metal scraped, it was this open like skin peel it was it was just oh man it, it was that was a tough I'm day sorry to make man. you relive this nightmare nah, nah, it's not well, it's, it's just, I mean are you gonna have to have surgery or something yeah are I know you, you were looking for donations right it's kind of a reason I'm bringing it up yes. are you still doing that yes and we are right. still taking donations I, I just got, I want to provide a link to people because I know it messed you up good and I will know it's, I will put up a link to my GoFundMe I just right. got quoted well, from a sure. dentist $22,000 in work to get permanent replacement teeth so there are a couple of different options. If, if I take <laughs> teeth are that expensive, that because expensive? it's cosmetic. Oh, okay. I could do other yeah. procedures that are less expensive, and they're like dentures, and you have to get them replaced every however long, yeah. or they get them. You know, they're not like permanent. The the top end best case scenario, like this is what let's say you had money, you were a lawyer, and you had health insurance. This is what you would do. Yeah. You know, because you're in public, you're speaking in front of people, you're a performer, you need to take care of it. $22,000. And they gave me, uh, I think, a 10%, 20% discount, so it went down to 18000 Okay. Big. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I have to raise a lot of money. And I've learned a lot about the healthcare system. Yes. I have learned a lot and about... It's faults and imperfections. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's amazing. Yeah. About dental health. And I've learned a lot about community. So many people helped and donated. Did they really? That's inspiring. I, it, it was beyond inspiring. Just close the window. And, and it, was, it was informative. And and people were coming by to have like really deep conversations. I don't know how many people sent me notes like, "Yo, don't worry, man. My front two teeth are fake. Yeah. You never knew." Yeah, broken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're all um, broken. Yeah. And so it 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 was more than a learning lesson. Like, of course, I'd rather not have dealt with it. Yeah. But I would have been fucked if I broke my leg and like couldn't go to shows. I busted my face up three days later. I was in here. Yeah, dude. Hosting a show. Yeah, yeah. Now I looked horrible. <laughs> it hurt a lot, and it was not fun. Yeah. But I could still, could still keep my thing. life moving, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Kind of. It definitely he fucked up. He was amazing with all that he was able yeah, he to do. He just powered through. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Never but, seen anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I think way, two nights after, he was at Hellful on the island of Gambazzini for at least a few I minutes. walked in, and I can only say for like a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been a process, but it also, certain artists have stepped up to help. Like, certain people I was working with filled in and, and came through to help. Amazing. With the money, there are people I hadn't talked to in a decade. 
who contributed. There are people who saw me rap once who contributed. There are people yeah. I never met who were like, we see your posts online. You need to be able yeah. to keep doing what you're doing. Here's 50 bucks. Shows a lot about the community that you guys are creating and that just in, in, in a lot of different ways. And then, you know, it's just... It, Shows a lot about mm. the uh, gratitude of artists and, and people in general. That was one of the most amazing things to mm. see. Yeah. yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, what else? I know we were just talking about other projects that you're involved with outside of the Gamba Forest here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the other things that you uh, that you curate or BK are involved in? It's cause uh, I mean, with, with the art space, yeah. it's now funneling a lot of my other entities right through here right through here yeah cool. now I, I host kink parties and cuddle parties yep. and things that are a bit more oriented to like sex positivity yep. that we don't do through this space got it so that's still a separate entity um, I run Brooklyn Wildlife which is a creative services platform and a resource for artists and that's overlaps with this what, like is, what does that diagram. do can you explain that a little bit I'm... it's a creative services platform so it'd be like I can facilitate a lot. I've yeah. met a number of people. So let's say you wanted to get a music video made. Yep. Okay. I, I a, shoot videos and whatever. But if I can't, I know a videographer. I yeah. know actors, actresses, models. I you know cinematographers. Yeah. yeah. And so if you want to book a show, I book shows. I can get you a show. If you want to figure a way to screen your film, we have an art space. We can screen your film. And so I, I like filling gaps or like being a conduit or like bridge between entities and so Brooklyn Wildlife is mostly that it's not a record label it's not a uh, what is it a collective yeah you know like there are no bylines there's no there are no dues no one agrees with me at all like I work with people that are vastly different than me and like ideologically but we're all rooted in we want to own our own work and we want to get it out to the most number of people possible Um, but it's mostly music, visual art, things of that nature. Awesome. With, with Gamba, that opened me up more to the literary side and the, the readings. Um, and that's, I think now I'm, I'm focusing my energy and being able to do it all simultaneously. So it's okay. hard for me to even think of things outside. It's like Gamba, my photo work, Definitely. my music work, Brooklyn Wildlife. We just started this uh, resource, NYC Doms, for people interested in like dominatrix fetish kind of that community yeah. stuff but it's all the same yeah. thing yeah. So, yeah. yeah salt art absolutely salt. Yeah. Art. Um, the magazine's a quarterly mm-hmm. how can um, do, what, what's your um, submission uh, process? process can anyone I just was wondering how people can get involved yeah I mean we reach out just like anyone probably to tons of different um, you know writing platforms whether it be on Facebook as like a smaller platform or like um, KW Rops, I forget the Yahoo listserv for writers. A lot of people have submitted through there. Um, ton, tons. I mean, I can't name them all at the moment, yeah. but we we put out on as many venues as Ma- we can. We go through Meetup. Yep. We go through Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, listservs, uh, actual websites that post this stuff. Um, and yeah, we get most of our submissions online. We also reach out to our community in general. Many submissions come from our community at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, there's so many people that are like coming through the space. They're like, how can I submit? I want to be in this magazine. Absolutely. So that's beautiful. Been I was just going huge... through your pages. It's beautiful. It's yeah. A lot of your photography was in it too. Yeah. It's, really, it's, it's been awesome. a really huge, uh, help actually. This, this newest issue has really shown it. We're in the, I'm in the midst of kind of doing a little bit of the layout right now. Besides, um, coming here for events, where, how do you get it? You can, can you get it on the website, right? Um, yeah, you can order through the website. Yep. Um, and subscribe. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah. Subscribing is good. A lot of subscription. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. that easy. Yes. It's that easy. Yeah. When you get it sent out, you can make me do something I hate, so I'm getting better at it, going to the, <laughs> going to the post office. Oh, right. Yeah, but I, I'm getting Nightmare. better at the post office. I'm yeah. starting to know the people at the post office. They're nice now. It's, it, it helps. Yeah. It helps. Yeah, yeah. they're very yeah, nice. Um, in the beginning, it was like really mean and rough in there. <laughs> I don't know about this. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been in a few different places. Like We have it at our friends' events as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've put it out. I give copies whenever I see people internationally. Yeah. There was a girl in Hungary who had some copies over there um, that she was some sometimes giving out, sometimes selling. That part gets harder when, when you pass them along. But um, we had them at the, what's the stand, the, the zine stand over by um, the Lorimer outlet? The Lorimer stop of, I oh. forget now, but then the first year we yeah. put them there. Oh, you were there? Yeah, yeah cool. we were there for a little while. Nice. Um, yeah. Awesome. It's also, we have a different model in, in how we're able to fund the magazine, like by doing events. Mm-hmm. And and I would tell any artist that is trying to fund a product that requires money up front, go to a venue, find a venue that will let you get 10 to 15% of bar sales on a night and okay. not put up any money. Get a whole bunch of people you know to come to that bar, make 150 to $200, save another $100, print what you need, mm-hmm. sell 10 of them, Give away everything else. Mm-hmm. You didn't lose any money. Yep. Do the same thing the next month. Except this time, sell half of them. Because now people have been given a lot of yeah, free yeah. in the previous issues. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You know? And so we don't necessarily have to sell every issue to make the money back. We don't necessarily have to do things that other people do to make it flow because mm-hmm. we do the events. Mm-hmm. And we don't take advertising. So I, I'm trying to figure out a way to present... What it is a bit differently because when I say a magazine, people assume editorial, totally. they assume advertising, yep. and we don't do either. Absolutely. There is so little of our personal voice in this. It is really a platform for other people to share their opinions. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. We each contribute. And Melissa writes for just about everyone. I've written for a yep. couple. My photos and everyone. But that's where your voice is, not in, you know, the other, what else is presented in the magazine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not, and not it's like, really interesting, too. This is... This is bothersome to certain people. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we submit our work, you know, in this thing. that Whereas, like, a lot of people have editors or submit sure. essays or do editorials within their work or critiques within their magazines that, that they're creating. Yeah. But there's, like, this weird rule that um, if you're an editor and you're actually... Um, submitting to the magazine or putting your work in then yeah. you can't be listed as an official literary magazine on certain what platforms. What the fuck is that? Yeah. I mean like that, that really fucks weird. my shit because I definitely use the platform you know across the margin yeah. to, to share my work. Yeah. You know, it, but because we're two and if you have because we're two people like and we don't use editors we edit everything ourselves yeah, and yeah. do all that stuff um, since our, our title would be then publishers, editors, creative right. director, right. everything, right? right. Yep. And yep. therefore, I guess like your editor, if you're the editor, you can't actually submit and be considered a, a, a real literary magazine with certain people. So okay. like New Pages is one group that declined to advertise, not advertise, but put out our callings or take okay. our magazine as one on their because list. Because they don't. Because they don't accept that. Yeah. Um, there's a few others. Um, so it's really interesting also just like being a group that, uh, uh, you know, that kind of is against that pushing boundaries all the time yeah. and then meeting some of those boundaries yep. and being like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Who made up this rule? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like very strange. Got my blood boiling over here. Yeah. I, I think it also makes sense for what other people are trying to do. Yeah. And we are lucky in that we aren't following a previously established mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. We aren't trying to be the next 
Some anything. New yeah, yeah, it's totally. Literally, yeah. what do we love doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would be crazy for us to have this platform. And if I were to look and listen and be like, don't put your writing in because then that makes it look like we're not totally legit. Or if she looked at me and she was like, you know, maybe you shouldn't put your photos in because that could be a conflict. Yeah. It's like the reason we have this is so we can do what we want. If yep. we don't want to be in it, we don't have to be. Totally. There's no one who's going to force us. If we do, we can. Yeah. And I think from the get-go, our goals have been slightly different than other people. We are purposely trying to connect with and provide a platform for women and people of color mm-hmm. without overtly saying this is a magazine for, for yeah because it's not it's, it should be for the world but it is something that you have it's it's it is a goal as you're saying it yeah. oh we're constantly aware of it. yeah totally. yeah, it's, yeah it's more of a i think for me i've learned so much about this and i've talked to a lot of different people running magazines or presenting work um literary work it's it's this idea of like where do you reach out it's not because some people have said to me, well, I don't get any submissions from people of color and I get more from men than women. Yeah. Well, it's like, but where do you reach out? Mm-hmm. And are the places that you're reaching out, do they actually have people in that network? Like, do you, do you hang out in places where there are people of color mm-hmm. and women who are writing? Do you reach out to specific groups that may be able to, you know, present your work to present your calling or whatever to, you know, a group of whatever. I mean, feminist writers or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Because... That's that's the big problem. Everybody thinks, well, I'm not getting as many. Or somebody said to me recently, like, I don't really like the, you know, I don't want to just take a person of color or a woman because uh, they're a person of color or a woman, which yeah. is, you know, I get that. That makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. But you're missing the point of, but where do you where do you put the calling yeah, yeah. out? If you're not getting submissions, it's not because they don't exist. Yeah. It's because you're not advertising or putting your stuff out yeah. in a place where they may see it. I think personally, no, so that's been sense. like that an interesting sense. challenge. But also something I think about every time we put out a magazine and I look, I'm like, how many people in here are of color? How many yeah. are women? And what's the, you know, because that's important. It's very important. And it's on me or on yeah. us. And it's the same thing for your shows here as well. Diversity, celebrating all kinds of different cultures. And, and that's the, that the, the difficulty is keeping it authentic. Whenever yeah. I see entities that are promoting diversity yeah. or, or promoting like... Mm-hmm. They're cool yeah, because so they because they do yeah. It gets really difficult for me. It's more reality of when I go to events. Some of them aren't comfortable because of how homogenous it is. Yeah, in thought, it doesn't really matter what the racial, Skin ethnic, color, yeah. or national background of people are. But in thought, it's homogenous. Yeah, I've noticed it's easier to have homogenous thought when everyone's the same race, class, gender, yeah. and religious background. Yeah. And so I don't want homogeneity in, in my like anyway. intellectual sphere. I sure. want to be challenged by things I haven't thought of. And I want to have like honest discussions where both people are invested or like can have that discussion, which then means everyone can't always be the same. Mm-hmm. And so I won't say when I'm making a bill, I need this many women on the bill or I need to make sure it's this many black people. But we do a woman of color showcase here. Yep. Those same women still perform here on the other nights also. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a we have our one night for women. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> check that also, check that box. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just that we have a sp- another event specifically for the different women we've already been working with, because there is an imbalance in the hip hop sphere right now and in certain spheres yeah. and in punk and in, in rock music also, where you go to a concert, how come there are no female led bands? Yep. 
and you get bookers like, well, there aren't any girl bands. It's like, that's a lie. And yeah. we're going to expose the lie. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's part of what we do is expose the lie. the lies. Yeah. And if people say, well, there's no one that writes like this. Yeah, there is. You're saying that no one makes music like this. But yeah, yes, here it is. is. Here it is. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's incredible. That's really incredible. This, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, it's just, it's cool. It's like a cool little cultural thing going on down here. I really, I, I could not respect what you guys are doing more. It's one of the reasons I want to come come down here and and just shine a light on on, on what you guys are doing. So, uh, thank you so much for for what you're doing and for talking to me. And um, and uh, I hope to present more of your work on our site. And I hope to get more involved. In, and I uh, see more of what's going on down here. So thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much. Really we appreciate, appreciate everything you're doing too, and love checking out the website. Awesome. Let's, reading. Uh, let's keep. It's one of my reading go-to's. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Do you really check it out? Yeah, and I use it with my students. Okay. Um, I bring it. It's one of the like websites that I put up like for their article of the week. They can use that one on their list. You know, with the New York Times and. Uh, a few uh, Guernica I love Guernica you just made my fucking day yeah yeah so it's fun <laughs> I want to get more of these types of things with kids yeah. you know why are we only giving them resources that thing. are mainstream absolutely it should be all you know all kinds There's of resources so much out there to work with oh yeah absolutely you guys rock thank you so much yeah, thank I really you. appreciate it thank you Across the margin, podcast.